This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This show is brought to you by our show sponsor, BetterHelp Online Therapy. Dealing with a breakup, moving to a new place, stressing about a work assignment, it goes without saying that the only way to get help is to ask for it. That's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and 21 and over listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash holly. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash holly. Hello and welcome back to 21 and over. I'm so excited to have everyone back for this week's episode. Today I am talking to a body positivity supporter, friend and mental health advocate, Emily Clarkson. But first, as always, it's time for a check-in. How are you and how has your week been? So it's really good to be back. Obviously, I miss being in person. Um, The week's been okay. Obviously, um, I'm isolating. So, you know, it's been different. But I think the high has been just taking things easy. I've been less busy, obviously, working a little bit less, trying to take some time out cooking, looking after my poor partner who's got COVID. I guess it's actually it's actually been really nice. It's been really nice. Um, I think the low has been obviously the football, um, mm. being really <laughs> excited about that. And, and then obviously the result. But, you know, it's um, it was an amazing journey. And I was actually looking back, I was reflecting how exciting it's been to be a part of, you know, the last mm. month and really getting sort of involved. And what about you, Hals? How has your week been? How's your high, your highs and your lows? What's been going on? My week has been up and down kind of as it normally is. Um, I would say the high of my week has been I went to Wimbledon with a great friend who's actually one of my parents' friends. And it was nice because I don't normally spend one-on-one time with him and we had a really fun day out. And then I guess the low this week has been, you know, even though I have these this fun day with him and we went to Wimbledon and it was the men's final you know I still feel low and you know there isn't a significant reason why and I know we said you know you don't need a reason but sometimes it's so much easier to put it down to something rather than kind of just sitting with it yeah I think it's a it's an important point to remember that we don't always need to know why and actually 
sometimes the kindest thing that we can do to ourselves is accept that it's there and, and not trying to change it. Yeah, I agree. Today, I'm speaking to a fantastic role model across the world for men and women by shedding light on the fake world behind social media, educating young people on some very important issues that need to be talked about more. Em has certainly opened up my eyes more and taught me some very valuable lessons. Please welcome Emily Clarkson. Hello, Em. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited that this is in person. I know. And I'm so grateful to you for having me. Thank you. No, of course. I mean, I love what you do. I've followed you on Instagram for a long time now and... A lot of the stuff you share is so important, needs to be spoken about more and needs to be spoken about on social media a lot more. Thank you. So how have you been handling the last year? Um, I've been okay. I mean, I've been so lucky, um, to be honest, in that I think I had like the best situation that I could have done for lockdown in that I was with my family, which I know a lot Mm -hmm. of people haven't had the privilege of being. I got engaged, which is a bit chaotic. Congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. Because <laughs> um, that was supposed to be an island. My, my fiance's is So I say I've been very lucky. He hasn't been able to go home for two years. Mm-hmm. And he did lockdown at my mum's house, which was like great for me. But it's like 14 months with someone else's mum for him. <laughs> but yeah, we, we were really lucky. I think my only slight hiccup was that I had my jaw broken in February mm. which was a bit foul so the last <laughs> few months weren't, weren't amazing but um yeah I've been I've been really lucky it's been great it's been fine fine mm. I'm not gonna say great I'm gonna say fine <laughs> bearable now you and I are both in this influencer world and it is something I'm very grateful to have the platform and more recently since speaking about my mental health I want to use my platform for something that's a lot more valuable and things that need to be talked about more rather than flaunting, you know, the great side of my family and like kind of my personal life. And when did you realize that this was something that you wanted to do and get into sharing these messages and educating people? I I wish I had like a really clear cut answer for like when I decided that this is what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, I don't know if it was that conscious, you know, because I think for the first bit, you know, I certainly like trying to make even Instagram becoming a job is such a weird thing to do. Mm. And by default, you have to make your life look good. Otherwise, no one's going to want to follow Mm. you. You know what I mean? Like if everything looks like shit, Mm. then people are going to be like, oh, (laughs) that looks gnarly. Um, But I think when I think I became aware as I had a following growing that I did have an element of a responsibility Mm. um I think I have been affected by this like beauty standards by the pressure that the society puts on us so catastrophically and I have a younger sister and I was just uh, so aware of like the encroaching mess that social media was bringing with it and I realized I was part of the problem I I don't think it was at any particular point where I was like I want to be I want to be very normal on the end actually you know what having said that having said that I remember watching the the, the start really of what I did because I started it as a blog was watching a pretty little thing advert Uh and and it was when pretty little thing was still pretty new it was like 2014 or whatever and before like Love Island took over everything and they sponsored the lot and I remember seeing it on the tv and I was like that's a lot of rib like that's a lot of very thin women (laughs) it was no diversity at Mm. all and I tweeted them I don't use Twitter anymore because I think it's terrible but I tweeted (laughs) them at the time and I was like ah guys, this is like nuts. Like what are you doing? Like there's just no diversity here at all. 
And, you know, you only stock up to like a size. I think they're only stocking up to like 14 or 16. Um, and and they were like, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was actually like, there's no excuse. I was like, oh. And I think, yeah, I was just, I, so I actually, I, the Pretty Little Thing, and I've never said this out loud, but Pretty Little Thing inspired the name of what I turned into a blog, which is Pretty Normal Me. And then I've let that go really because blogging sort of died a death. And now I just do it on my own but yeah I think that was probably the start of it you just you know you're online and you just you, I think you do just you you'll see it we'll all see h- how wild the internet is and the pressures are on young people mm. and what we are being exposed to and I think a lot of us do have to acknowledge that if we don't want to be part of the problem we need to help being part of the solution mm. so that's kind of a lot of why I do what I do now I guess that's a long-winded. We took some roundabouts, but we got there in the end. <laughs> I love that. You, you were talking about um, feeling sort of pressure and and the responsibility that comes with it. How do you handle that? How do you navigate your way through that? Is it, do you find times you feel more pressure or less pressure? And, and you were talking about your younger sister and, and how does that all work? You know, I started with a life coach last year um, and it wasn't actually because of this that I went to go and see her, but a really happy byproduct of that has genuinely been the confidence in the knowledge that what other people do is nothing to do with me. And so that really has helped with social media because I just, my, my friend Ashley James, who's an amazing influencer, she says all the time, she's like, good for her and good for me and it's like, it's just, it's like you look at someone else and you're like, oh yeah, good for you, but also good, you know, like, and this is something I try and talk about a lot is it's like with all these things, with the pressure that's around us, with the magazines, with the Kardashians, with Love Island, with whatever, it's all very well that we're all like, ah, this is terrible. They shouldn't do this, blah, blah, blah. But I think, and ultimately, yeah, that's how we drive societal change. But in terms of helping individual people, we have to learn as individuals to get our thinking right around this stuff because it isn't going to change overnight. So I think, although it's, it's not fair, there is an element of personal responsibility to educate ourselves around this Mm. stuff and to learn really that that's not real. This is filtered. This is this, you know, and, Mm. and subsequently, you know, but, but the Victoria's Secret models, you know, the shows that we used to watch now, Mm. the angels have come out and they're like, oh yeah, we didn't eat for days. You know, we, we trained like crazy, but, but they've said that now, but you know, in like 2010 or whatever, when I was like at my most malleable and vulnerable, I was looking at them like, whoa, wow, yeah. <laughs> whoa. Yeah. and I want to be like that. And I had mm. no uh, other context to their lives. And I, and I couldn't mm. understand that they might be, you know, that, that, that this wasn't real. This wasn't realistic. This wasn't something that I needed to strive towards. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the pressure comes from when you, you see basically something out of context. And I think what a big part of my job now is hopefully giving a bit more context. And I think what a lot of people are doing is trying to give a bit more context Mm -hmm. and saying like a picture is a moment in time and this isn't real. This is edited. This is whatever. The pressure for me alleviated when I learned that these other women are beautiful. These other women might be edited. These other women might be hungry. I don't know. It's nothing to do with me. And I've just got to stay on my own shit, you know? Yeah. I think it also goes for, you know, other people's opinions, right? They can oh, have yeah. their opinion and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I can have mine and I must, you must get that a lot. Yeah. I mean, that took me a really long time to learn because I would always think that other people's opinions of me were fact. Mm-hmm. And mm. I've had a lot of like trolling in my life and a lot of people would say, oh, she's this and she's fat and she's ugly and she's 
stupid or she's obnoxious or whatever and all these words and actually a lot of the words uh, that a lot of men describe me with I now learn were synonyms for she's a strong woman and one with an opinion and I don't like it love that but <laughs> I um at the time you know they would say oh she looks mean she looks like a bitch she looks like this and I'd be like oh my god well it must be true I'm like Robert in Hartlepool says it so it must be true and I would give so much weight to other people's opinions and still now you know if someone catches me off guard in a DM or whatever and they're like you know something you've said this you're like this I'm like well no you think I'm like that you've missed you've missed and a lot of social media is literally just misinterpreting what people have said you and, Mm. and then getting angry with them for it but I do, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot like... But it's just, it's social. I mean, the access that we've all got to each other mm. is crazy, you know? Yeah. I think we need this sort of therapy-type conversation in schools because, mm. you know, I'm talking about Absolutely. this... To, to Holly and, and to you and, and, you know, we understand the Instagram side of things. And I think a lot of people think, oh, this only applies to people in the public eye. But it doesn't. No. You know, this applies to everyone. And social no. media gives us so much access to each other, mm. even kids in school. And I think these are the conversations we need to be having. How did you build up this confidence to kind of speak up for others? I mean, I saw a post you did about Billie Eilish and her British Vogue June cover. And, you know, the way you protected her and kind of stood up for her and gave her this voice, even like just in the UK and with your audience. And it was such an amazing post and kind of the way that the media can change their headlines and kind of manipulate things how did you gain the confidence to do that because Billie Eilish is insanely established within the music industry and British Vogue are you know they're iconic is it terrifying not speaking out against them directly but kind of I think that post specifically was a a direct (laughs) attack on the Daily Mail um (laughs) which used to terrify I mean yeah it's a bit it's a bit scary but I genuinely think what the British press do is incredibly dangerous. Yeah. And we've seen it time and time again. We've seen the dangers. And I really reevaluated my whole relationship with the media, with my consumption, with my involvement and everything mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago after there was a tragic suicide that was in the press at the time. And I felt like the British press had had a big involvement in that mm. and so I really reevaluated how I perceived it and how I consumed it because I do if you don't know better my coach always says you only do what you can with the tools that you have mm-hmm. so when I was really unhappy I would sit um and I worked in my office job and I would sit at lunchtime eating my tuna baguette scrolling and scrolling and scrolling the daily mail mm, and I yeah. was consuming what is basically poison and you don't notice it when you're reading it you don't Mm -hmm. you don't pick up on the she's flaunting she's Mm. puts on a show yeah displays these words always used to describe women affect you and they affect the way you see the world and they affect the way you think about other women and subconsciously or consciously it's it's having an effect on us. And I think it was only when I literally sat and unpacked all of that, and I really looked at the the website, and it's not just the male, but so much of the tabloid stuff, the way they talk about women, is just so relentlessly poisonous. Mm. And it was a real eye-opening thing for me. And now I get, I get so annoyed because the people that are still swept up in it, which I was there, so it's no, Mm. you know, it's no judgment to anybody that's still 
reading it and whatever but you know you take it in and uh, Jamila Jamil's done a really good highlight on her profile uh, called Gaslighting and it's literally looking at these headlines and how they're just wrong and they're, they're lies yeah. and they, mm. they do it time and time again where they'll they'll build you up they'll take a girl like Billy and they build you up and build you up and build you up and build you up and then when you get big enough they just tear down they yeah. do it with Meghan Markle they did it with mm. Diana they've done it with so many people and they up and up and up Taylor Swift how many of us don't like Taylor Swift and we've got no idea why I didn't like Taylor Swift for like 10 mm. years <laughs> what she's awesome I listen to music now I'm like oh my god where have I been but I consume so much content about her just with these subtle words that just put in my head mm. all the time she's showing off she's flaunting this she's done this and she said no why do I think that because I've been told that yeah the the rate that we consume content now is unparalleled and there's a part of me that just thinks oh maybe I'm just being dramatic you know maybe maybe it's not that bad but I think it is that bad mm. you know I think we are all online seven eight hours a day we are consuming this mm. everywhere it's you know it's like walking into somewhere with like radioactive shit on the walls you know what I mean like it's 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 somewhere that's not safe but because it's not real and I'm saying that in inverted commas people aren't taking it seriously so yeah I I basically just went down this rabbit hole um and now and that headline I mean it just stank it just stank and it's just turning people against a kid and it's weaponizing her sexuality and it's shit she's so young she's so young she's so young and it's and it's deliberately antagonistic because antagonizing people gets the clicks mm. and she will suffer for yeah. that. Her mental health will suffer for that. And mm. I don't care what you say. It doesn't matter if you're famous. It doesn't matter if you ask for it. It doesn't matter if you don't. You don't deserve that. You mm. just don't. No one does. And it's just always women that cop for it. Always. And, and I've just had it. And I think, I mean, as you've said with the, the phrases they use, it's like they have a bucket that each day they're yeah. like, okay, who Bingo. should we say has a svelte figure or like yeah. displays her curves or kind of yeah. a fuller figure? Like yeah. they've used those words with me before. And I was quite young when they did that. It was like a bikini photo when I, you know, probably wasn't in the gym and obsessing over my body image. So quite healthy in a way. And it's actually a photo that I've now deleted from my Instagram just because the comments I was getting in, I'm no way like near... Billie Eilish but I think on any level it can affect you whether it's you're not in the public it's eye if you're just awful. with friends it's awful and and I genuinely you have to worry about the mental health of these people who because the same thing happened to me when I was younger but who would deem it even close to appropriate mm. to comment on the body of a young woman that they don't know. And then if you push them on it, they would say, oh yeah, but it's okay because, yeah. and they've got the defense and it's wild because if you did it to them, if you started commenting mm. on their holidays, <laughs> they'd be like, the fuck, what are you doing? It, it's so inappropriate. The, the male's comment section is just, it's torture. Like mm. I honestly, my mental health has never been as low as when I was in those comment sections. Mm. Like I just wanted to not be me. Like I would look at them and just be, and they were so relentless and so cruel and so, there were just so many. Yeah. And I was like, they all hate me. All mm. these people hate me and all these people think I'm this and all these people... What, what these people think, it doesn't matter. Mm. But I didn't know that when I was, you know, 17. And now I'm like, how tragic? Like, how tragic? Yeah. Like, where are your children? Where are your friends? <laughs> Do you have nothing better to go out? You know what I mean? Mm. Get a Calippo. Like, just fuck off. It's just, <laughs> it's so lame. But I could not see that at the time. And, and I just took these people's words. I was like, oh my God. But they, this is awful. This is awful. 
and people say don't read the comments and you say I can't not read the comments and now yeah I'm there <laughs> but, but I'm between the two <laughs> yeah it's it is so hard when people say it to you because and my argument always used to be because people say I don't read the comments I'd be like that's not fair mm. it's not you know if you were in a room and you had headphones on and you knew everyone in the room was talking about you no one would expect you to keep the headphones on you'd want to hear what everyone yeah. had to say right social media is just not it's like lord of the flies it's just <laughs> lawless there's just no rules and adults just a lot of adults behaving like absolute wankers for the most part i think this episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com it's easy to find your new vibe dive into the western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. And what makes it worse is that a lot of these photos in these in the press, you know, are people being photographed sometimes without them know being yeah. known yeah and it's not like they've said okay like come take a photo of me i'm gonna be here at this time you know it could be as simple as going to like fill up your car with petrol and all of a sudden you're uh, photographed and then you feel kind of unsafe to do something as simple as well look at getting Spears. groceries yeah like the access that we have to I think celebrity culture, whatever, and that's like a huge conversation. But it's just, I think the thing that I find distressing is that it's just always women with the with the extraordinary press interest, following, obsessions, comments that that all surrounds. I'm sure, like, and this is just a, I don't know, but with like, you have your brother, mm. you will have had so much more than he's had. Yeah by virtue of the fact that you are a woman mm-hmm. and that's and, it, and it's like ne- it's never more plain than when you lay it out like that um so yeah it's it's really it's it's mad people are so toxic but but they're conditioned to be because yeah. you know it's, you can't even blame you can blame them because they're weirdos <laughs> but you but they they're fed a headline that's subconsciously poisoning them subconsciously antagonizing them and they're like oh she is awful. Look at her showing off. Let's bring her down a peg because there's nothing more British than let's bring her down True. a peg. Um, but yeah, so, you know, when, you, when the headline invites, it's inviting you to bite. You were talking about being 17 and reading the comments and like your mental health being in a really bad way. And obviously this was before you then started your blog. And, and what was it that gave you then the strength to kind of turn it around and use that to to then help people and stand up for people what was it that then gave you the strength to be able to go from that from that such a dark place to being able to then turn it around and use it for for something good I had a feeling that never went away that just was this isn't fair I didn't I didn't sit with that the whole time because a lot of the time I would justify these people's actions because I'd be like oh I probably do deserve it I am really lucky I am really privileged I am this I am that and I and I would justify their thing being like well this is the price I pay for how Mm. uh, lucky I am but still I went between that and just having this like yeah but still I'm 17 this is wild and Mm. and I mean I would probably say this with a bit more um having had more education on it and whatever but at the time it was literally as black and white as and I'm not even fat and that's what all these people are saying about me how are they talking about people 
who were bigger than me because that's what was really getting to me. I was like, this is, it's a word that's used to insult people and bring women down. And it's, it's crazy. And it, and it, and that sort of opened my eyes to the extraordinary like fat phobia here and the pressure that's on women to just be something that's entirely unobtainable. You know, I was no beauty queen or whatever, but I, what it was, it was like, they were all so angry with me for not being beautiful. And it's like, this doesn't make any sense. And I just had that as like a, just a constant feeling. And I've like, it just didn't feel right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. and, and not just with the but when you were eyes, it's like dominoes. You open your eyes to one thing and then you're like, oh God, there's yeah. so much going on here. But it's like, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And, and you know what, 2000 and uh, like the early 2010s, 11, 12, 13, 14, when I was coming out of school, Instagram was new. Victoria's Secret Angels mm. were everywhere. It was the start of Boohoo and Pretty Little Thing and these crazy TV ads because they were really monopolizing on social media. And I, I just spent so much of my teen years uh, buying bullshit magazines because they said on the cover, burn your belly fat and this is how he'll love you. <laughs> and although oh, I'm like, yeah. who's he? But I literally, yeah. I wanted it all. I wanted to be anybody mm. that wasn't me. I wanted to be better than me because I'd been spent my whole life being told I wasn't good enough. And at one point I was like, mm. good enough for what? Like literally mm. what? What? I, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. And I had all of that. Uh, I had all of those thoughts and I had all of that treatment still being a small middle-class white woman. So I'm like, right, if, if I'm struggling with this, there are people who are going to be struggling a lot more. Mm. And yeah, so thus began just think, looking at, talking to people, opening my eyes towards this stuff and trying to advocate for change, particularly when it came to the beauty ideals. And a lot of it for me started with fashion because... You know, you, like, is there anything more demoralising in this life than a shop changing room? And oh particularly if you <laughs> oh go there. God, and that's they, so true. And you know what? If you're <laughs> a size 10, it's one thing because you can be like, oh, can I have the size um, 12, please? And I'll try that on. But if you're a size 16 and you need a size bigger and they say, oh, no, we haven't got that, which is just nuts in a country where the, the size average is a size 16. It's what what we're being sold and you've got eating disorders and mental health rates climbing mm. year on year and it's just the things are at such a contradiction what society is doing and what society needs are just completely opposing um mm. and it made me mad so <laughs> i started talking about it on the internet and now we're here <laughs> i mean i wish i had someone i wish i was younger and followed you I wish I was younger and followed me like everything I do now I'm like this is for you know what this is for 13 year old me who thought this shit but didn't say it Mm. because I didn't want to upset anyone I didn't want to make anybody uncomfortable I didn't have the balls and now I just I don't want I can't control all of this but I never want anybody to feel like I did and guys like I'm not an anomaly and this is, this is how I know that other people, you know, this is how I know we need to do something because I would stand in front of the mirror and I would like grab my tummy and be like, I hate you. I hate you. I need you to go. And I would, you know, like pull at my face and pull at my arms. And it was just all about being smaller. And I'm just not alone with that. You know, all, all over mm. this country, that is a shared experience because we are told 
from an early age that we aren't good enough. That's yeah. Bullshit. Like, I'm just not, I'm not having it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember being like 16 and drinking those teas, the kind of weight loss teas. I was oh, in so God, much pain. Yeah. I had, I was, had so much, some mm. really bad cramps. I was on the toilet for days. Yeah. Like, and people still plug these on social media so yeah. that they can do this ad. It's just something that I really do not understand because I think deep down they must know they don't even use it themselves yeah you know? oh, no one uses it no one uses it because it. it's fucking laxative it's yeah. foul <laughs> it's awful I do not recommend and it's just no. like you said with the magazines and even at the moment this hot girl summer you know need to get my body back for clubs opening and all mm. of that and it's so toxic yeah and it's just it's a perpetual it's like you know body back for what for the male gaze to make them happy I mean, that's the other thing, I think, with with where we are now. There is a part of me that feels like, okay, well, we just accept it. We just got to, you know, this, this is just what happens and this is, you know, whatever. But we are actually at such a, a pivotal point in history with social media being what it is. And I used this analogy with someone the other day. But if you were going to make a new, like if Mars became habitable, for example, we'd be like, okay, lads, we're going to go to Mars. Um, Let's take um, some bricks so we can build a government, like town hall, a police station, a school, an ambulance, um, a hospital. Like, let's go and make the society structure and then we'll send the people in. And what they did with social media was they made social media and then they sent the kids in. (laughs) And now they're like oh my God, we need police, we need ambulances, yeah. we, need, we need some kind of governing body, we need to be held to accountability, we need laws, we need rules, we need someone to implement them. And there's nothing because it's so much harder to create this shit when people are already in there and mm. using it and shopping and, and mm. you know, living their best lives, having hot girl summers, whatever. And, it, and I think, you know, it, I don't think now's the time to just sit back and be like, ah, yeah, it'll be grand. I don't think it's going to be grand. Mm. I think people are going to look back at this point in history and be like, whoa, <laughs> what were they doing? <laughs> yeah, they, they really dropped the ball there. Because, you know, I mean, TikTok is like just insane. But um, the whole rhetoric still. And, you know, I think maybe because I'm like in my late 20s now that I'm like, oh, yeah, I've come through the other side. Good for me. Good luck, everyone else. But I struggled with the magazines, which I, which I bought once a month. If we compare, so, you know, the magazine mm. covers that affected me that I saw once a month to Instagram posts, the girls now are seeing 500 of those a day. Mm. And if one magazine cover mm. a month caused me to hate myself, then what is 500 a day going to be doing? So I, mm. I do think we need to be acting now to be making this place better before we just, ha- just invite any more seven-year-olds in. Mm. It just seems nuts. I have been quite quiet on my social media just because in the past, I, when I was a lot younger, kind of early teens, I definitely edited my photos and I will fully admit that. And still now it's quite scary posting something where, you know, you can see my hip dips or like mm-hmm. my third chin that likes to come out. <laughs> um, and My third chin's my favourite. <laughs> but do you have not a fear or kind of, you kind of know the comments you get already, but how did you get over that and do these amazing, like, real posts? This show is brought to you by our show sponsor, BetterHelp Online Therapy. When I first started therapy, I was definitely scared, but now it's something that I look forward to each week. 
BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counselling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counsellor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counsellors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counselling and financial aid is available. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and 21 Nova listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash holly. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash holly. Like genuinely, I just don't give a fuck what <laughs> anybody who is going to body shame me on the internet has to say. Because I, I don't know, everybody in this whole world needs to follow my friend Jess Megan. But she put up a quote once that she just said, she said, when I think of the, ha- well, she's, she's come up with a few bangers, but she said, when I think of the happiest person I know, they're not body shaming women on the internet. Mm. And I'm like, oh yeah. When I think, and I was actually thinking this on the way here, when I think about my friends, like the people that I really love, like the girls I'm going to go and eat pizza with tonight, I would be fucking mortified if I realised that one of them was commenting on some influencer's photos being like, you look fat. I'd be like, oh my God, what are you doing? Like, I would, no, no. And you don't keep these people in your lives because they're fucking weirdos. Yeah. They're not happy. They're mean. And I've just got, I just, I, you're here for like, what, 80 years, if you're lucky. I'm just not going to give all my fucking days away to these people. You just don't deserve them. Mm. It's, it's, and it's really hard to get there because I really did. Oh my God. Like I honestly, I hated them. I, I hated my body because I hated what these people would say about it. But what other people say about you is what I was saying earlier. It's not who you are. You know, it's their thoughts, which have nothing to do with you. What other people think of you is none of your business. If you're going to make it your business, which you're welcome to do, the most powerful thing you can think is what a fucking loser you are, that this is how you're spending your Saturday night or your Mm. Tuesday afternoon. Do you have, do you have work? Do you have kids? Do you you have anything else you could be, you know what I mean? Like, and in the, you know, you turn the mirror on there, well, what do you look like? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they've told me all I need to know about them and that's that their mind is really ugly and their heart's really ugly and I just won't give my power to people with ugly minds and hearts. So if I've got, like, my tummy rolls and then someone's got a problem with them, sad for them. <laughs> like, oh, you've got a problem. That's your problem, not my problem. Mm-hmm. You know, your problem with me is not my problem. I'm fine. So, um, yeah, but that comes to practice. That comes to practice. And that's probably a lot of the coaching that I've had. And you do just, you really get swept up in it. It's fun. Because it's it's obviously something that, as I was going to say, you know, you've had to learn and, and, and you've experienced a lot so that, you know, you get this criticism after criticism. So it gets to a point where you go, do you know, there's nothing, I, I can't control what these people think. I can't control what these people say. Would you, would you say that there's any points perhaps when you, if you're having a bad day or like your mental health is a bit off or if you're feeling a bit low, that things then affect you more or would you say that you've kind of you feel confident enough that you've got to a stage where you go actually it's really nothing to do with me 
I think I can, I think I hold both things at the same time. I think sometimes, um, it's, yeah. honestly, anything on my appearance now, I, I, I just don't give a fuck. It, I cannot do anything about it. Mm. If you don't like it, mm. oh God, I don't know. I don't know what can, what can help you, but mm. I can't. This is me. Um, when it's something on my, um, a, a character assassination, basically, and I do get a bunch yeah. of those, that can hurt. Um, because mm. when you're trying to do the right thing, which, and I am a chronic people pleaser, like it's, I'm genuine, it's, it's a real affliction. Um, <laughs> but I think when you get criticism along those lines, you know, you've done this and you've made me feel like this because of this, or yeah. you're insensitive because, or you're, the, you know, whatever it is. And I will instinctively take that incredibly personally. I'm like, oh my God, so what? And then I'll, and, and maybe I'll bite back or maybe I'll just sit and cry. But I hold on to always the, no, the knowledge that that has nothing to do with me. It's a projection. Mm. People project consistently. And I'll tell you, it's the funniest thing. I got a message from a dude the other day and he was like... <laughs> Oh, was so mean. But I mean, it was, it was really mean. I came out of nowhere and it was just like, it was like, get a job, put your tongue back in your mouth. You're disgusting. You're a little whore. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God, Gary, what the <laughs> fuck? Like just reply being like, what the fuck? And he replied being like, oh, love, sorry. Didn't think you'd see this. My cancer's come back and I'm really upset about it. I'm like, right, right. Okay. Mm. And then I had one like a week later from a dude being like, oh, do you want to die, you dumb bitch? And I replied oh being God. like, Harrison, what the fuck? And he replies going, oh God, I'm so embarrassed. I didn't think you'd see it. I'm like, right, mm. right. Okay, here we are. And you just realise that this has nothing to do with me. I'm in the wrong place at the wrong <laughs> yeah. time. You're going to say what you're going to say. And when they message you, it's not because of you. It's because of them. When someone's triggered mm. by something that you've done, it's not because of you. It's because of them. And there is a balance to strike between being responsible and not deliberately upsetting people and not deliberately triggering people. But our emotional responses to other people are our problem ultimately. And I have to remember that when I'm having, when, when I'm taking things personally, mm. because sometimes you can, I mean, what's the expression? You can be the juiciest peach in the world and someone still won't like peaches. But you know, you just, you try so hard and that's what I did for years and years and years. And I tried to please everyone and I will never go out of my way to overtly hurt someone. Like I, and I don't, well, sometimes when I get men who comment on women's issues, making it about men's issues, they annoy me, but mostly, you know, my intentions are so, so good. And if people want to go out of their way to deliberately misinterpret what I'm saying and take offense to it, that's on them. I, I can't, it's not feasible as a human being to, to please everybody. So the best you can do is mm. try. And obviously I would welcome criticism if there's a learning opportunity. And if I'm getting something, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm actually hurting or causing damage or insulting mm. a community or whatever, you know, there's definitely, I think there's always space for us to learn and we need to take criticism less personally sometimes <laughs> I take criticism so personally <laughs> but um but yeah I, I think it, it's just massively for me about just striking a balance between seeing what I can do when I get a message and if if it's and if it's anything to do with me and if I think it is something to do with me then I'll endeavor to do better but usually it's nothing to do with me 
So I think that's a really good example because I never replied to DMs or kind of, you know, the hurtful comments because I don't want to give them time in my head and like take up any headspace that I'm in. But I think the way you said you have replied and kind of said, you know, what's up here? And these people have said, I have like these two examples where they've said, okay, I'm actually having a shit day and I didn't think you would see this. And I think that's something that needs to be talked about more. These people can hide behind their screens and think, oh, she's never going to see this. She must get hundreds of messages. Yeah. But a lot of the time you do. Yeah. It's DMing abuse to a like woman half their age. You know what I mean? Like I'm not bothering them. I'm not hurting them. I have nothing to do with them. Why is 50 year old Gary following me on Instagram? <clears throat> why? But then mm. why is he messaging me on Instagram? And that is just like when we talk about mental health and trolling and everything, I think there's two separate issues. There's trolling just for the sake of being mean. Mm. And then there's a lot of the other, which is sort of virtue signaling type of trolling, which is, a, which, is much, which is very different. And that's the sort of, you know, people misinterpreting or wanting a debate or calling you out on mm. things. That's one thing. But the abuse is always other people being unhappy in themselves and taking it out on you. Yeah. And it's, and they're jealous or they're angry or they're whatever it is. And it's like, okay, these guys need to talk to someone. Yeah. Because this is not okay. This is not mm. how we deal with a cancer diagnosis, like by abusing or whatever Gary, whatever Gary's thing was. And then he came back and did it again, actually. That was about a year ago, that one. And then he popped back up again oh, on something saying, you know, what's going on? Something really mean. And I DM'd him and I was like, Gary, what is going on? <laughs> like, why are you back again? And he's like, oh, sorry, love. I'm going through a really hard time. I'm like, this is nuts. This is nuts. Mm. But that's how he's dealing with it. And I can't make that about me. I can't make yeah. his comments about me because he's going through something actually awful. Like I feel, you know, it's horrible for him, but it's a very weird way of dealing with it. You mentioned earlier having your jaw broken and <laughs> I've been following this recovery process on Instagram as well. And as with everything, recovery is definitely not always linear <laughs> and that's awful. So I'm wondering how has that affected your mental health kind of, you know, we're in a lockdown already, which is isolating, but, you know, you couldn't speak properly. You couldn't still eat. can't eat properly. Yeah, it's pretty. You'll see if I get a snack on the way home. <laughs> it's pretty gross. Um, yeah, I'm going to be honest. My mental health wasn't great I don't th I think actually um it was all right in the time and I actually I had no idea how I was going to deal with it apart from to say it that I seriously underestimated it because I totally thought it was I took six days off work uh, I was I off for 10 that. weeks <laughs> so I literally said to my manager I was like honestly I think I'll be fine by Monday I think I just can't talk for like a couple of weeks but then I'll be fine and then she called me like I facetimed her from the hospital I was like I think it's gonna a little longer but I didn't say that so I'm going to go longer than six <laughs> weeks um, so bad um, the first bit was fine because mm. it's you know it's just you, your body goes into like uh, like panic stations and you just get through it and it was I was so I'm so fucking lucky I have my mom, I have my sister and my fiance and my friends are awesome and they sent me colouring books and we made soup and I read but it was fine mm. um, afterwards I had a couple of setbacks I had an infection that was truly the most vile thing i'm vegan which i think played into this but i had rotting blood in my mouth it was draining into my mouth from an Ooh. infection on the jaw and oh even thinking about it i'm like oh my god and that was like the worst three days of my life because i was just being sick from the smell and no one else could smell the smell so i thought i was going insane and and i think 
well, maybe just a meat smell or blood smell. It was rotten. Mm. And it was in my head. And I was making, it was so gross. I was making Alex smell the blood because I was like, am I going insane? He's a keeper. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you can love me through that. So that was really bad. But but you just get through all of that. And I was on a lot of painkillers, so it's fine. Afterwards, I struggled. I couldn't bend down for months, which has been re- which is a really weird thing not to be able to do. But I also looked very different. And that really affected me. I've actually, I really felt like I've dealt with it. Um, I actually, dealt, I, I did it on Instagram. I did a video about it, um, but about dysmorphia. Like, I guess it's body dysmorphia or face or imposter syndrome or something. I, I wouldn't, mm. I don't know what it's called. I'm sure someone has a name for it, but I spoke to a lot of my followers who've had, been on steroids or had um, treatments or acne or whatever. Various things affect how you look. And that does take a toll on yeah. like your identity and who you are and how you feel about who you are. And it was weird. Like it was a really like would not recommend to a friend time. Um, and, I, and I struggled looking at folk. I think maybe with my job, it's just so weird because I just look at myself all the time. Like, <laughs> all the like time, never met yeah. a narcissist like me before. It's just the camera <laughs> on me all the time. And so I was just so aware that I was looking at somebody that, that just didn't look like me anymore. Mm. And it's a really small change. Everyone's like either people keep saying, oh, I can't see the difference or well, you look better now. Neither of which were particularly helpful things to say. But people are trying to be nice. So that's fine. That's again, them about them, not me. So yeah, and I just I, I had to take a bit of time just to sort of get used to the new face. And, and that did affect me a bit. And, mm-hmm. and also as well, like I ran my ultramarathon, like the week before my surgery, I was so fit. I was loving life. Um, I was supposed to get married in May. And then my face got fucked. I couldn't <laughs> run. I couldn't do anything. And the wedding got cancelled. And I looked like a bow bun at the, on what would have been our wedding day. And the whole thing, I was just like, oh, God, this is awful. Um, so I did get a bit low. Um, I'm going to be honest. Like my motivation just for everything just was very... Um, uh, I just I was feeling a bit cryy but I spoke to my coach about it and we were like right change the mornings change the mood started doing a lot of walking nice. and uh, started watching below deck um <laughs> gave myself a bit of a break it was great and now I'm fine again so um yeah and the face is on the mend so it was a bit of like a it's been a journey it's been a journey yeah because I remember before your surgery and you kind of said I've done all the posts like I've got them ready to go yeah. you're going to be seeing like some pre-recorded yeah, content yeah I was not going to talk about it on the internet I was like yeah I'm not going to tell anyone yeah and then I, I'm wondering what was it like having because your your followers your fan base whatever you prefer to call them they are you know they're very supportive and mm. the majority of them and the that's very obvious but what was it like feeling as if like a pressure to share things when you're kind of because there was a point where you didn't know that there was an infection but then when you found out you had to process that yourself yeah but then you also did put it on social media what was kind of sharing the process you know the good what? the bad the ugly people were so nice to me and it was sweet actually after I said I was infected though I got messages from like doctors and nurses being like oh thank god it was very clear to see from here <laughs> that that was infected but I didn't want to give you unsolicited advice which I really appreciated um I feel like my, I feel like my followers have got amazing boundaries and they're really great and mm. yeah I wasn't going to share anything about it but then like, I don't know. I just have this very British uh, way of living. And it was just like, if we don't laugh, we cry. Um, and I just got home from the hospital and I literally was like, 
oh my god I kept it on like close friends for a couple of days just like mm. oh lads my face is all fucked help <laughs> um and then I just thought I can't hide this it's also fucking lonely not yeah. being able to speak I had my jaw wired shut um for like eight weeks maybe but yeah not being able to speak uh you're not sure and it's so mm. painful um even to try and it was just foul. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it was just grim. Like, no one should have to syringe soup in. Like, oh, it was just disgusting. And my mum was having to blend up all my vitamins and put them... Oh, it was just, wow. just disgusting. And I was feeling so lonely. I was like, mm. right, I know who'll help. Um, and I do this thing called Feel Good Fridays on my um, Instagram where people mm. send in their good news. And... I've been doing it for about 70 weeks maybe now and people send in their good news and I dance I and we it. celebrate. Always puts me in such a good mood. I sound like such a fan girl. No, I'm like, everything you say, I'm like, so yeah, much. I see that. <laughs> um, but no, it always does put me in a good mood kind of seeing my favourite other pregnancy announcements and they're yeah. like I haven't even told my like my family yet and I'm like oh my god they've shared that with you that's such a special I moment I know it's unreal I literally am so, I'm it's like the best I'm so lucky it's the most it's biggest privilege ever but yeah with that I think my surgery was on a Tuesday I got home on Thursday and so the next day when I woke up I was like you know what I could really use a boost so I just went on my Instagram and I was like right I need like you to dance for me today instead. So I asked my followers this time to send in videos of them dancing to their own good news. And then it was like, it was so wholesome. It was so cool. And we started um, doing DIY Feel Good Fridays while I was recovering. But that was just the beginning <laughs> of like sharing my recovery I guess and it's just it is like when they say it's like problem shared problem halved I had a lot of problems but I also was really lucky that I had a lot of people to share them with mm. and you know people like my followers are so funny and so nice and we just laughed and also I found people that had gone through the same thing I've made friends with a girl who broke her jaw on the same day as me she was in Bali she fell off a motorbike um and we've become like friends now because you have someone to go through every day with and oh god this has happened she got an infection I got an infection you know it's just the power of social media I'll tell you one like the best example I was sitting with my feckin pouch full of vile soup and I squeezed it and the bottom exploded <laughs> and it went all over me and everything and I was sat there and I couldn't laugh and I couldn't cry. And I was just, it, I was somewhere in between with just tears streaming down my face. And my, as so I took my trousers off because the soup was really hot. And then I was just standing there in my pants, crying, but plugged into the wall because my mask was still attached. And my sister was just <laughs> pissing herself. She's like, oh my God, it looks like I've got a toddler. You know, when toddlers walk around in nappies and yeah. they've just, <laughs> just got shit all down themselves and they're just crying and, and you know, they were all walking funny. And it was such a bad moment that I was like, okay, we can laugh at this. And having someone to mm. laugh with was so valuable because if I'd have been on my own, if I hadn't have shared it, you know, it's really hard to create the the laughs when it's yeah. just, you know, you and, and, and your family who are so nice and, you know, but they've got their own shit to do. You know what I mean? Like that was like, lucky my sister was there for that, but they've got jobs, they've got staff, you know, they've got to walk the dogs, cook dinner. And I'm, I was sat on my own for huge portions of time feeling really sorry for myself. So it's just, it was jokes, you know, I just photoshopped my swollen face onto a whole load of stuff and, yeah, I had a great time. <laughs> Talking about, you know, you're saying you felt really low and obviously you started then, obviously you spoke to your coach about things that could help, you know, lift your mood and, and 
um, when you find yourself generally in a low place? What what are the things that you do when you're struggling with your mental health? I, I sound like I'm being like sponsored by a hiking group. I just think walking is so important. Yeah. Like I just, I mean, my job's so interesting. I will never complain about my job because I just think it's the biggest privilege in the world. But it's extraordinary um, in that you don't really stop working. And even when you don't really feel like you're working, because I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just talking to some mm. great gals on the internet. You know, it doesn't really feel like work, but it is. And, and it's taking me away from my real life. Mm. Um, and I think not just Instagrammers, I think a lot of people during working from home have really blurred the lines between fun and or business and pleasure or whatever. And, you know, I noticed it with Alex that he's, he's not great at working from home. Like he's not one of these people like I am. I'm like in the room on my phone, in the room on my phone. And I can be a million places at once and whatever. Whereas he needs the commute to like get him ready. And and he completely lost that. And I think a lot of people really lost that. Um, and that was something that I spoke to because I, I, I spoke to my coach about it because after my face thing, everything got really blurred between what was work and what was pleasure for me because I was sharing my face mm. stuff because I was like oh yeah but I was just doing it all the time you know I was just online all the time and so um a big part of that was just getting away from um I guess from work and I, this sounds yeah. nuts I would never I can't believe I'm recommending this for for whatever but I mean blow deck really helped um <laughs> but it was just taking time it was like stop um I think you end up sitting down and just beating yourself up oh, I'm not doing enough I'm not doing enough so you end yeah. up doing a lot of things half-heartedly or whatever and and that's really hard when your mental health is bad because then you start breaking yourself for not doing things well enough and I think we particularly during this time haven't really taken breaks and a lot of us feel like we have because we've sat on our you know we sat at home mm. basically for a year and a half so everyone's like mm. oh yeah well you know it's been a pretty chilled I'm not doing a lot but actually you are doing a lot and you're trying to yeah. talk to all your friends and talk on social media and just be and be and be uh, you know but basically somewhere that isn't real yeah. and I think what was really important for me when I was starting to feel a bit low uh, was just doing real shit not saying below decks real um but <laughs> watching tv as a viewer rather than as an active participant was actually really helpful like just doing nothing and not feeling guilty about it was really helpful yeah and yeah walking I am a mover like I have ants mm. in my pants the whole time <laughs> um and once you stop moving it's really hard to start again I think mm. and I was just I'd been sat on my bum for like three months and I was not not happy so yeah I started getting mm. up at like six and just walking with the dogs and then when I came back everything was just better mm. bit of like just getting out in the real world basically now um what advice would you give your 21 year old self how much can I give them can I write them a little like ebook <laughs> you can write me a book <laughs> a <life>. leaflet <laughs> um what other people think of you isn't who you are mm-hmm. and what other people think of you is none of your business um I would generally just say that you're not here for long enough to give all your power to people that don't deserve it and you can be the kindest warmest most empathetic brilliant human being without having to make yourself smaller like you can be Mm. all these things and and hold on to all your power so like believe in what believe in yourself a bit more just give you know back yourself and stick up for what's right and stop letting what other people think of you stop you from doing shit because what other people think of you doesn't matter I like those I'm definitely gonna take them on board (laughs) thank you so much as always I have learned so much and 
honestly if you don't follow emily yet follow her because you will be educated on topics that you didn't think you needed to be educated on (laughs) thank you thank you so much so many good little nuggets to take away um and really inspiring thank you for, for coming on thank you i have thoroughly enjoyed talking to em and you know she's not afraid to speak her mind which I do admire in many ways. She's she's given us given me a lot to think about, um, and I really admire how she can speak her mind, and and she's not afraid of doing it. Basically, thank you so much for listening to Twenty One and Over, and a huge thank you to Em for being our guest today. Please don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts to get updated on new episodes. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. We're at 21 and over with Holly. And if you'd like to send us a note, you can either send a DM or email us at 21 and over at studioramsey.com. See you next time.